Welcome back to the Northern Steel Podcast. I'm your host, Dominic, and with me as always is my brother, Chris. This is episode 26, and we're coming to you off of victory, baby. Let's give it up. Yeah! Let's go! And speaking of victories, you know, yes, Chris and I did not predict a win, but we'll take it. We're going to take it every time. And speaking of victories, if you have been living under a rock and you did not see the Steelers battle their AFC North Divisional foe, the defending AFC champion Cincinnati Bengals, then we're going to recap the highlights for you right now. First, let's start by saying that these are the condensed highlights because we may possibly have a longer show this week. And I want to say that these these NFL condensed highlights already don't include the first play of the Bengals offense, which is a Cam Hayward sack. Typical. I'm tired of it. Respect, my boy. Okay? Then, on the second play, Joe Burr throws a dime to who else? One of his top receivers? No, it's Minka Fitzpatrick. Minka said, I got the Black Air Force Ones, and I'm playing like it all day, little boy. And bam, just like that, the first touchdown of the year for the Pittsburgh Steelers goes to Minka, just like we all predicted, just like we all thought. But that's just one little mistake from Joe, right? That won't happen again. <laughs> Hilarious foreshadowing. Oh, Steelers are up 7-0. Then the Bengals' next possession... Right after that, they drive into field goal range, and McPherson nails it, making it a 7-3 to ball game in the first quarter. You know, and just when the Bengals might be gaining some traction, enter Alex Highsmith, bringing the boom from Burrow's blind side. Now, this was technically ruled a sack force fumble. Hayward recovers it after I thought it was an interception, and Steelers get the ball back within Cincinnati territory late in the first quarter. We later cap off the drive with a Boswell 20-yard field goal to put us back up by seven points. Bengals get the ball, and they've now driven into Steelers' territory, and Joe Shiesty throws an absolute dot right into the chest of TJ Watt. Thank you very much, says TJ. You know, he's just the reigning defensive player of the year. No problem. This is just routine stuff for the guy. And don't forget that this came after a crushing four-yard loss to Joe Mixon. I won't forget it. The highlights did as he sprays bullets into your football. Like, we don't even care. Steelers take possession and quickly get the ball moving. Claypool goes into motion and takes a jet sweep for about 15 yards. Uh, next, Trubisky motions Pickens, finds the hand, uh, fakes the handoff to Warren, and then hits none other than Zach Gentry on the tight end screen. Gentry bobs. Gentry weaves. And Gentry finally gets brought down inside the 10-yard line. What a play set up by Canada in his offense. And then... After a few plays of short yardage and disappointment, the Steelers find themselves second and goal. Trubisky drops back, gets blitz on both sides, and then but frees up Najee Harris, wide open for the touchdown. Steelers go on to score their first offensive touchdown of the game and of the season to none other than number 22, Najee Harris. Now in Steelers territory again, the Bengals have to get something going right. Joe Cool fires a deep pass to Cam Sutton, while Minka says good night. Joey, baby, you gotta stop throwing to the white jerseys there, bud. But then, of course, the Steelers' offense does nothing. So, in the Bengals' ensuing drive on fourth and one, Joe Mixon bursts up the middle for a huge gang and brings it down inside the five. Minka keeping that menace mindset strong, regardless of the Bengals' positive plays. He doesn't care, but the Bengals cannot punch it in and have to settle for a field goal at the end of half, making it 17 to 6. 
And then late in the third quarter, Bengals are driving. They find themselves within the five-yard line. Burrow steps back, looks right, and finds Tyler Boyd for the touchdown on the right side of the end zone. All right, they're starting to creep in a little bit. Bengals shorten the lead, bringing the scores to 17-12. to uh, Starting to pick up a little traction here, but that's okay. Bengals then... Later on, decide to go for it for a two-point conversion to bring the score within three. Burrow scans the field. He's looking right. He's looking left. And then he finds Thomas in the end zone to bring the score within three points, making it 17-14 to late into the third quarter. This Steelers offense is just not helping, so the Bengals have an opportunity to keep riding this momentum on fourth and six as long as Joey B doesn't turn the ball over again. Of course he does. Witherspoon will take the gift, which brings us to a total of five turnovers, and somehow this game is still close. Fast forward to the last play of the game, Bengals down by six, and they get a touchdown to Jamar Chase. Can you believe it? Six sacks thus far. Five turnovers. And the Steelers are going to lose. All this work. TJ Watt gets hurt. And the Steelers are going to lose. It's over. Pack it in. See you all next week. Wait a second. Mika Fitzpatrick blocks the extra point. We are going into overtime, people. I cannot believe it. Minka said, I'm getting that defensive player of the week, baby. No one's taking it away from me. You know, and then the Steelers do end up winning the coin toss, electing to receive. And after going a stunning three and out, obviously, Bengals start gaining momentum. And they throw it to none other than Hayden Hurst. And this is where I start to get scared out of my mind. You know, like Thomas said, urinating, trickling down my leg a little bit. And just when I think all hope is lost, Bengals call over Evan McPherson, the kicker who's automatic in the postseason, and he tries for a field goal, and the kick is no good. It's not even close. It's wide left. He kicks the the laces. We're still in this. After a Boswell doink, the nightmare continues. The Bengals have a third down and four. They need to convert to try for another field goal. But Burrow is sacked by Mallette for the seventh sack of the game. He loses the ball and it cannot be returned for it thanks to a crazy overtime rule that I'll just accept. And now the Steelers have one more chance. With just over 30 seconds remaining, Trubisky's able to draw the offsides. He scrambles and he finds Fryermuth to get us into the opponent's side of the field to about the 45-yard line. What a play. We're in the hurry-up offense, baby. Trubisky says, go, go, go. Five seconds left. 53-yard field goal. Basel redemption time. The kick is up and he's got it. The Steelers win 23-20 in a game that should not have been that close. Insanity for Pittsburgh. Deserved for the Bengals. The kiss of death. But the Steelers are 1-0 and that is what is important. Wow. What? What? A game? <laughs> yeah. What a, what a game. finish? What a sad turn of events that also were very happy and heart-filled. And by heart-filled, I mean gave me heart uh, palpitations and maybe a sudden cardiac arrest. Though for my medical junkies out there, you know who you are. But like, my God, Dom, like, what do you, what did you think of that game? What a, what a performance to, for the Steelers to come out week one and say, hey, we're in this thing. Uh, what a performance is right, Chris. Not only was that an insane defensive performance, but a performance that has never been seen by the Steelers. Not once in their entire amazing franchise history of great defensive play had the Steelers gotten seven sacks and four picks, let alone five total turnovers. Uh, it was dominant. 
I was at a birthday party watching this game for a one-year-old, you know, classic football stuff. And I had the phone on and I and I had a stream rolling for the for the game. And I just could not believe what I was seeing. Like I wanted to cheer and shout, but I almost thought I was getting pranked, Chris. With with a sack by Cam Hayward first and Minka getting a pick six. I was like, what is happening? What's going on? They're doing it. Tell me about it. I literally thought this game was going to start. You know, after, after that Minka uh, interception for the touchdown, I was starting to get Vietnam flashbacks to last year's postseason against the Chiefs when we took that 7-0 uh, start to the game and defense was like, hey, <laughs> don't forget about us. And then we lost 400-7. to um, But <laughs> that Sunday was not that case. It, it, it really wasn't. And, and I was in such disbelief because... You know, they, they go and do that score. I'm like, okay, okay. You know, I'm not going to get too excited because we're still playing the Bengals, a team that absolutely made us embarrassed last year. And then, you know, I keep watching again. Then Joe Burrow throws another pick. He gets a, a sack forced fumble. You know, we get the ball back. We drive. We get field goals. We don't capitalize how we want to off those turnovers, but we get it. And, uh, dude, I like all throughout the game. I, I was still sitting there. I'm like, something's bad. Something bad has to happen. Like, the, it can't just keep going this way. Well, and it kind of, that was what's happening. What was bad was happening is that kind of like last year, which we did expect with with uh, a brand new quarterback and a brand new, uh, not brand new, but the offensive coordinator going to actually use his play calling. We figured that the synergy wouldn't be all there, and we were right. And unfortunately, this game with having seven sacks and five turnovers was way too close. And frankly, we almost we could have easily lost this game multiple times. Um, the the bad thing that kept happening is that we could not put the game away on offense. Mitch and the rest of the of the guys on offense, running game included. Uh, just could not get the first downs. They could not put points on the board off off of these many turnovers, and it kept the Bengals a chance to keep coming after it. I think the Bengals had almost uh, 44 minutes of time of possession because they just constantly had the ball off turnovers, and we couldn't do anything with the ball. Mm-hmm. And that's something that's going to have to improve if we want to win games because this defense looked great, but that's not going to be an every week thing. It really isn't. No, it's really not. And I mean, we need that efficiency. You and I have talked about it for the, probably the last three weeks. If we are going to do anything, we need Trubisky to make the right reads. We need this offense to be always firing and aggressive. I felt like the play calling got me excited for some parts. I felt like there's a lot of good. There's a lot of parts that I looked at the play calling and I go, eh. You know, like, it was probably the most accurate reaction that I could give you. But at the same time, we just got to be aggressive. We can't always be playing conservative. When you're putting, and when you force five turnovers against a team, you do not go and look at the end of the game and see us win in overtime. We should be winning by at least 14. And that's being, like, nice, right? Like, yeah, that's being realistically. Generous. Five turnovers, like you're looking at teams that'll have like a 30 point win over this team. I'm just asking for two touchdowns. I don't want to be scared out of my mind in overtime being like, how did we get into this position? Exactly. So let's talk about kind of the bad first and then we'll talk about the good. I think the bad is definitely 
the offense. Now, that wasn't all bad. They had some bright spots. I thought uh, some of the play calling was creative. Some of the play calling was very dud-like. Um, something's, pro- you know, obviously something's promising, something's bad. Uh, mm-hmm. The line actually did pretty decent. Sure, they let up a lot of pressure, but the Bengals' front seven is very, very good. They're very strong. And uh, they didn't, They let up pressure, but we didn't get a sack. Now, maybe Mitch was throwing the ball really fast. doesn't really matter. The whole point is that they didn't sack us. Uh, run blocking wasn't great. Now, she had a couple good runs here and there, uh, but was mostly stuffed all day. He was having a hard time finding the hole. His vision wasn't great, maybe because he doesn't trust his line, whatever that may be. And uh, he also ended the day with an injury, so that was not helpful at all. Uh, if you want to wrap it all up, the thing with Mitch is again it's week one, people. We're not we 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 can't overreact yet. We got to let this thing kind of uh, kind of melt around. We got to kind of just sit on it and see how these next weeks go. But kind of like last week, Chris, when I was talking to you about how I wasn't really a fan of Mitch's reads in the preseason. Sure, he was making the plays, but I didn't think his reads were necessarily the best. That continued here. Again, um, there was a plenty plenty of times, if you watch the game back, especially if you are uh, a sucker and you bought the All-22 footage, you will see that Mitch's reads are not the best. He, he, he doesn't look as comfortable back there yet. He has some happy feet. He missed um, Pickens a lot. Pickens would beat his guy by himself a lot in that game. And I don't, I don't think Pickens had many catches. I, I only remember one. I'm not even sure if he had more than that. Uh, but he missed a deep bomb to him that could have been a touchdown. He missed mm. a couple other great reads. Uh, guys that are wide open just by panicking or throwing it to somebody else and not even looking that way. And uh, not to jump on him because we got the win. But that's something that's going to need to improve, Chris, or else people are going to be calling for Kenny Pickett no matter what the record is. You know, and I was just about to say, I've already been seeing it, you know, and, and I, which I think is kind of ridiculous being that we not only got a win, but it's also week one. Uh, it, I, it's, it's a little too much. I, I get it. I, I'm a picket guy. I, I want picket. I know that picket's the plan for the future, but I don't want to give up on Trubisky yet. I've, there's a reason that we named him our starting quarterback. Uh, obviously, uh, the Steelers trust him. They feel comfortable. He is voted team captain by the team. So obviously he has the respect and trust of the players around him. You just, you can't give up on that right away. I do agree with you. You know, obviously he does need to be more efficient, make the right reads. And something that I noticed too, when you brought up Pickens is like, if Pickens looked visibly frustrated in that first game, yes, you know, he did. He did. There were so many times when they would pan to him and he just looked like, come on, dude, give me that ball. I'm wide open and everything. And I don't I don't know if it was Mitch trying to, you know, not even looking his direction or if he just felt overly scared and and got those first game jitters going on. I don't know what it is. I'm not going to make excuses for him, but you have to find those targets. And Pickens is a guy who proved himself in the preseason to be a dog. Give him the ball. Yeah, he, like I'm not saying always force it, but like we got to be aggressive and you got to right. push the ball down the field. Yeah. And, and you know, uh, to give credit to Mitch, he did look down the field more than most quarterbacks did last week. He actually was looking down the field more. It's just his decision making 
in that process wasn't really the best. But again, he got the victory. So I'm not going to ask for picket yet. We're going to take it, you know, time by time. But if this doesn't improve week to week, and if this, uh, if his reads don't get better, you know, Chris, because our defense is so strong, even without TJ Watt, um, we could potentially go three and one or four and zero oh in these first four weeks. And, and I'm not trying to like jinx anything. That's just the reality of the situation based on if they could improve. And it's going to be hard for Tomlin to want to pull somebody that is going to be three and one or four and oh. Exactly. Even if his reads don't improve. Um, but that's what we're looking for for next week for sure. And we'll get to that more later. But let's talk about some of the greatness. And that is definitely all defense. Mm-hmm. Uh Cam Hayward starting off strong, uh, continuing off his year last year. He had a sack right away and was constant pressure up front on the Bengals line. Uh, also, Minka Fitzpatrick may possibly have had his best game as a Pittsburgh Steeler since his very first game as a Pittsburgh Steeler. What do you think about that? I, I yeah, yeah. Honestly, I don't even know what to what to say. Realistically, Minka Fitzpatrick, stunned. Wow. Yeah, seriously, like. <laughs> I am, again, such a Minka fan, too, and everything. And he has been lights out since he's gotten onto our team. He's been such a great addition, whether that's uh, straight-up tackling or forcing those turnovers. Now, everyone, everyone, everyone wants to give him hate from last season because he didn't make quite the same amount of turnovers. Not his fault. Why throw the ball when you can literally rush for 300 yards against the, the last year's defense? Uh, but um, way to make a statement for yourself. You know, people are looking at him as like maybe not even in the top 10 category for safeties. Mika Fitzpatrick said, guess what, buddy? I'm in that conversation. And there's a reason they paid me this, what, $18.4 million deal or something? Well, I can't remember. Was it 17.8? Right. Yeah, uh, whatever. I think, I, I think it was like 18.4, but you're right. It totally deserved. And if Mika has a year like TJ Watt had last year after he got paid big money, then we're in for a happy time with Minka. Uh, but yeah, like you said, he's electric. A, a pick six right away. Um, he he. You, you know, I talked about last week um, previewing the game that I was hoping that George Pickens would bring that dog mentality because we've been missing that. We've been missing like a fierceness to our team. It's been too long where we've just been letting teams bully us and push us around. And we've been missing that like, no, I'm going to punch you in the mouth kind of attitude and I thought Pickens was going to bring that but no it was Minka all game long bringing that fire bringing that passion he was hitting people hard he's hitting people he's getting tackles for loss he was hitting the running back hard uh, Joe Joe Mixon had some words to say to him he couldn't do anything about it Jamar Chase was pissed he flipped Minka off Minka doesn't care He, I think he flipped Minka off and then the next series when Jamar scored that touchdown Minka blocked the extra point and that's the kind of mentality, the attitude we need. I mean, even if he doesn't block the extra point, I just like seeing that attitude from somebody on our team. And if he wants to play that role this year, I will gladly accept that. He looked phenomenal. Next, of course, you got TJ Watt. Um, TJ Watt doing what TJ Watt does. Well, we'll talk about the sad news in a sec, but <laughs> he looked uh, amazing, like always. He had yeah. one sack. Should have had two sacks, but we were a really bogus call in the secondary that took it away. Uh, he had a an amazing pick, jumps, timed it just right like he always does. He did that early in the game, too, where he does it a lot. Uh, timed the pass break up, and it popped up in the air. Could have been a pick there, too. 
uh, to one of the cornerbacks to pick that up. And he looked just like he, he, he does after a defense play of the year. And then, like you said, with the teardrop on the, uh, as I'm looking at you, uh, he did tear his pectoral muscle and he will be out. But looking on the bright side, He's not out for the year. That was the initial thought. It was hard for Chris and I to enjoy this uh, victory on Monday when we thought TJ Watt was going to be out for the year, as I'm sure many of you felt the same way. But luckily, TJ Watt, it's it's either a low-grade tear or something that he doesn't need surgery with, and he will be out for six weeks at least. I think should maybe go a little bit longer. I think maybe our bye week is week nine. I think he should come back week 10 for the back half. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean... Realistically, we squeaked by with some of the best news that we could have gotten in that situation. All hope was lost. You saw it in his face. He said, I tore my peck coming off that sideline. All color came out of our faces. It was it was a travesty and everything. Yes. And and to get that news back that it was a minor tear, not going to require surgery is massive. Um, obviously, that recovery process is going to be you know, not fun, but at the same time, I, he's surrounded by a great team of sports medicine, uh, uh, physicians and things like that. So it's, it's going to be, it's going to be awesome. I do agree. You know, six weeks is the outlook, but at the same time, if we can manage and get something going, TJ Watts, a generational player, he's, he's a dude who does things that no one else can do. And he makes it look effortless. Right. We do not want to jeopardize his career by putting him in too early and putting him to a position of failure or getting hurt again. Right. Totally. Correct. So right. I, w- I would agree with you where it's like if we're doing well and if he is truly not at 100%, wait till that bye week. Give him those extra few weeks. Make sure he's well rested and prepared and that peck is feeling good. Then you got your reigning defensive player of the year for the back half of the year. Yeah, he might not be getting his sack record again, but who cares? He's his name's right. already his name's already in the record book. So and he makes what, an what impact else? when he's on the field. So and we need that for sure. He really does. Yeah. Uh, on the you, you know, I'll, I'll give quick little shout outs. Devin Bush played actually a good game. Uh, Terrell Edmonds has been improving every every year. Uh, Miles Jack looked good in his first action. Larry Ogunjobi looked good in his first action. And the quarterbacks didn't look too bad. Cam Sutton especially looked pretty good. Uh, Akello was getting kind of burned by Jamar Chase a lot, but to be expected, but he also had a pick, and he also had a pass breakup. So uh, defense was looking pretty solid, and even without Watt, I think they can do something there. And you were talking about little shout-outs, and maybe I didn't listen because uh, did we talk about the guy lining up opposite? Nope, that's the biggest shout-out, for sure. That is the biggest shout-out. Alex Highsmith, holy heck, dude. Yes, what? sir. And, and I, I play it back. I wish we had those capabilities. I would love to be like, play back or tape from last week, because you and I were like, if we're going to have a good week, you know, Alex Highsmith has got to be on his game, because they're always going to be expecting Watt. Watt's going to get double team. You know, he, they're going to be prioritizing him. And Alex Highsmith's a hell of a player. Like I, I, I said it too. I was like, he's he's improved each and every year. I like what he does. I just feel like you know he's maybe just that far off from like getting a few more sacks last year. And then this dude comes out and he makes a statement: three sacks, yes, yes. three sacks, and a forced fumble. 
And we knew he could. Holy. Yeah. We knew he, we knew he could. We knew Alex had it in him. Like you said, we 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 he was a key player in the game. We predict he's going to go off this year and that's a good way to start. Now, we need him going forward. Is it going to be a little bit harder to get a sack without TJ Watt taking up that pressure on the other side? Sure. But I think Alex Highsmith has the capabilities to still cause some damage and to help out this team to not feel so uh, uh, what's the right word? I guess like aggressive. I think he can still get it done. So Alex Highsmith, man, we salute you. Thanks for proving us right. <laughs> and uh, we appreciate you, man. We're, we're looking forward to the things that you can do moving forward. Uh, speaking of moving forward, Chris, we got the win. On we to lead two. It feels, it feels good, it feels, doesn't it? It does feel good. And now that we're on to week two, we have a matchup that used to scare me. I used to, I used to view it as an automatic loss. But but uh, the main components in those games are not playing since 1998. That would be the New England Patriots not featuring a Tom Brady or a Ben Roethlisberger since 1998. Wow. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so I read today. And uh, here we go with the New England Patriots. We'll, we'll do a quick little game preview for you guys as moving on to week two. Um, Chris, do you do you have uh, key points to the game, or do you want me to kind of raffle them off while you think of some? No, I definitely do. Um, okay. So I, I got to say my first key to the game. Uh, sorry, keys to the game. That's my intro for this. Oh, um, yeah, that's a good intro. <laughs> thanks uh you know <laughs> i just felt like a deeper voice would do something uh yeah, it would. so what people may or may not know is uh mac jones sustained a back injury last week uh back and neck i believe and so obviously he reports are showing that he's he's starting to feel better and better as each day goes but that's something that we got to focus on is we got to attack uh Patriots weakness and we got to attack Mac Jones weakness, right? Uh, we've seen it before, uh, especially last year playing them twice. Baker Mayfield was hurt uh, and had shoulder complications last year. And, and that was like his reason for being bad. Uh, but at the same time, like we just got to exploit their weaknesses. We got to get after them like we did last week against Burrow. And we got to get those sacks. The more we can get to Mac Jones, the better the outcome, I believe, is going to be for the game. And the more chances for turnovers, uh, which obviously, yeah, turnover battle is always going to be a a key to the game. Uh, Hopefully we don't need five because that's highly unlikely. Uh, (laughs) Right. (laughs) But uh, but if if we can cause a little bit, that would be awesome. Uh, Next thing I got to say is uh, aggression. We got to be able to push the ball down the field. Like we stated earlier, Trubisky's got to make those throws and he's got to be able to trust in his receivers and in himself to make those balls down the field to Pickens, to Claypool, to whoever it is. We got to be able to push down the field. Yep. No more settling for field goals. We got to score touchdowns. For sure. Uh, you You got a couple keys? Yeah, I, I completely agree with you. Kind of, kind of like last week we talked about it, mine are more uh, generalized. I totally agree with like getting after the quarterback. We definitely got to do that. Uh, l- let me take that that thought and go a little bit more in depth and talk about the Patriots starting roster. Okay, So with Mac Jones, like Chris said, with his back spasms, 
uh, you know, that could potentially affect the way he throws. Also, if he gets sacked, that could affect that as well, too, depending on how often he does get sacked. We'll find out without TJ Watt, but hopefully we can still break in there. And the reason why I think we still can is because their line, to me, is decent. But they're nothing great, okay? I, I, we're not going to get seven sacks, obviously. The Bengals line wasn't very good. They had, like, two, a couple components. They tried to revamp it, but their synergy wasn't great. The Browns have some decent people. They got Trent Brown, who's pretty decent. He'll be up against Alex Highsmith the whole time. So Highsmith will have a good battle there. But then you got the rookie, Cole Strange, at left guard. Cole Strange will be going primarily against Cam Hayward. So, he, so yes, Cole Strange did not give up a pressure last oof. week. Yeah, oof is right. I know he didn't give up a pressure last week, but we're talking about Cam Hayward here. This is a good time for Cam to say, welcome to the NFL, Rook, and show him what it, what's up. So Cam Hayward, like last week, how Highsmith was kind of my key. Now Cam Hayward's kind of my key to the game. Matter of fact, all three of their inside guys, Cole Strange, David Andrews, Mike Onwenyu, uh, if that's how you pronounce that, are all kind of not great, the greatest linemen, in my opinion. So that leaves all of our interior guys to really step it up. Cam, especially. Tyson and Larry Ogunjobi to all get in there, all cause a pressure. I think all the pressure is going to come from right there. Uh, right tackles Isaiah Wynn, who's a potential trade candidate. He'll be going up against a combination of Malik Reed and Jameer Jones. And uh, if we happen to sign anybody else from here and now, but I don't think we will. Um, so the tackle situation could be tough to break through. But I still think the line itself, we got some people that can break through there. Hey, heck, you know, maybe some linebacker and blitz can get in there. I think the middle of the line is where their weakest spot is. Mm-hmm. Now, going, going back to Mac and uh, him, I'm not, you know, I know he made the Pro Bowl last year. I know he had a really good year last year for the Patriots. But I don't want this to bite me in the butt. <laughs> but I'm not afraid of Mac Jones yet. He doesn't really scare me. Uh, sure, he can be efficient, but it doesn't scare me like Joe Burrow has, has scares me, like last week. And his receiving core doesn't scare me either, like the Bengals receiving core. You got Jacoby Myers, who's pretty decent. Devontae Parker, who, you know, he was a long-time Dolphin, didn't really do much. Nelson Aguilar, who's got stones for hands. And I guess Ken, Kendrick Bourne, if you want to go four-string receiver. That's, that, that's a squad that the Steelers' defense should be able to contain. Mm-hmm. They really should. And, and with the same thing with the running backs, when we uh, were actually really good at holding uh, Joe Mixon in the run game, that was one of our big keys last week. It's going to be a key, I think, every week until the Steelers defense proves that they changed it. <laughs> uh, I'm not really afraid of their running backs either. You got Damian Harris. He's a decent athlete. He can catch out of the backfield. Uh, you also got Ramondre Stevenson, who I liked out of the draft. Chris calls him a big meatball. And yeah, I know. I see your SDSU sweatshirt, Chris. They also got Pierre Strong, who probably will not have a single snap. But they You're got probably him. right. <laughs> now the reason this is, might be sound a little winded, Chris, but the reason why I'm bringing up like these players is I'm not worried about that, those running backs either, which is kind of the kiss of death. Knock on wood. I hope that doesn't affect us because last year it seemed every single time that we faced a team that didn't have the greatest offensive weapons, didn't have the greatest run game, didn't have this or that, they would go off on us. Absolutely off. Also, so for right for right now, I'm, I'm going to say that like I'm not scared of that offense, and I think our defense without T.J. Watt 
can still hold their own against this offense. Also, I just want to point out, Dom, we've been watching the Steelers for, would you say, a long time? Is that a safe thing to say? I mean, yeah, 18 years is a long time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) And it's the same old song and dance. You know, we... We the script the script has probably been written already, but at the same time, I'm glad that you brought up that point about the running backs and not being worried about them because that is the most stereotypical thing for the Steelers to do is to go up against a team who has uh, Tweedledee and Tweedledum as their running backs, <laughs> you know, Bungalow Bill and Bungalow Bob, and then right. and then for us to let up. A 200 yards of rushing. And like, obviously, I think last week was a statement game. We came out, we shut them down. Yeah, he got 80 yards, but I think he also had a billion carries. I think he had like a three yard per average carry or something Joe Mixon did. Not very good. We did very, very well aside from that one long burst that he had. Right. Right. So noon improved. I think our run defense has improved tremendously, but Let's just make sure that we don't eat our own words because this stuff happens more often than I'd like to admit. So, yes, knock on wood, please just neutralize the run. Do not do not give the stop them. Stop, 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 stop. Yeah. And and we're not saying that, you know, I don't want to make it sound like I think Damian uh Harris is a bad running back. I mean, he was just outside the top 100. I know he's got the stats and the skills. But if you want to compare it to Joe Mixon, Joe Mixon is a better running back. He's a more threatening running back. And if the Steelers can hold down Joe Mixon, that is what I expect out of Damian Harris. Now, like I said, Damian Harris catches balls out of the backfield. He does screens. He does uh, Texas routes. Uh, linebackers. Slot corners, you got to be on your game on this one for the because the Patriots scheme may have a different quarterback, not named Tom Brady, but the scheme's still the same. So it's going to be dink another, and dunk. Another big game for Devin Bush. Definitely, definitely. So, I mean, every game for that man is a big game with the contract sure. going up. Sure, sure, <laughs> sure. Yep, I agree. And then with the other key points of the game, let's go in detail about that too with the offense. I totally agree. I think the biggest key to this game. Especially the way, especially with the way the defense just played, even though TJ Watts out, is the offense needs to be better. Flat out simple. They need to eat. They really do. Uh, Najee needs to get the ball rolling. Uh, Mitch needs to make the right reads. We need to get Pickens more involved. You need to make the throws down the field. And DJ was the greatest offensive player we had last week. Deontay Johnson made some great catches. He was constantly open, like he usually is. He was uh, him and Farmuth actually too. But the, but the offense has too many good skill positions to stall out like that. And they need to get the ball rolling. Especially Mitch, man. If you don't want to lose your job, you need to start proving to the fans that you can make the right reads. And they are the big key to the game. So without knowing how exactly defense is going to play, defense, the offense has got to score a lot of points, in my opinion. Now, I'm not saying the defense is going to level a lot of points, but the offense got to score a lot of points. They got to put This week, they put their stamp down. And I think they can do that because even though the Patriots are a well-coached defensive team with Belichick and the defensive coaches they have on their staff, they don't really have a lot of star power on their defense. They're just always a solid group of guys. Star power would be Matthew Judon, outside linebacker, uh, and their 
And Devin McCourty's still there at, you know, 50 years old. Uh, Jalen Mills yeah. is a name that I know there is their starting cornerback, but he was not very good last week, Chris. He gave up uh, a perfect pass rating against the Dolphins. Very and, nice. And uh, they also have a backup. Their backup safety is Jabril Peppers. But otherwise, it's a lot of not really well-known names. So I'm looking for the offensive line to get it going. Now, Najee's coming off an injury from the last game, affecting his foot again. He says he's good to go. I hope he can pick it up. But again, Jalen Warren, we're looking at you, man, to to keep doing what you do, keep being a bowling ball. And this offense just has to keep it going. I mean, with the the Dolphins, with the Patriots secondary giving up the points or the, the, the rating they did to the Dolphins, the Dolphins didn't light up the score either. I still expect the Steelers wide receivers and the tight ends and everybody to get open. And I don't expect the pressure to be as bad as it was from the Bengals either. I really don't. So the offense needs to be, to keep it going. And then, and that is a huge key in my opinion to winning this mm-hmm. ball game is the offense playing like it. Oh, totally agree. We, we got to eat. We got to get after it. I'm, I'm excited. I, th- I think it's going to be a really good game. I feel confident. I, I picked us this week. I ain't even gonna lie. I know we're getting to that, but I, I know <laughs> I, 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 I'm confident. I agree. Do you want to do uh, some predictions at all for this week, or do you want to like kind of leave it as is and see how they do? I'll go a little short. I'll go. Okay. I won't go as much into it. Uh, so starting at quarterback, let's go Trubisky. Um. I really hope he doesn't throw 38 times like he did last week. But um, I do think it's going to be kind of up there. I do think he'll be kind of within that about 22 to 28 attempts. You know, hopefully he's kind of on that upper end, upper echelon, a little bit of, uh, you know, completions. Uh, I'm not even going to give you a number, but let's go at least, at least breaking that 200 mark let's go to i'll say i'll say 230 again 230 again for yards all right okay and i'll give him a touchdown okay okay uh i'll give him two touchdowns actually yeah i'll give him two touchdowns okay i'm gonna i'm gonna give him three oh i need a breakout game for the offense i need i need a three touchdown game from mitch sure well, I'm going to say two. I'm going to say okay. a touchdown by Najee. Okay. And by Warren. Oh, wow. Okay. Wouldn't that be something? Wouldn't that be something? I'm going to say... I think I, I th- oh, go for it. I'm going to say no running back touchdowns for my, for, okay. um, on my opinion. I do think splitting carries will be very important this week. I know Najee say he's ready, but obviously we got to keep him healthy. He's a, he's the heart of the offense and everything. So we got to make sure he's healthy and safe. Um, I am not expecting any prolific yardage by any means, but I at least hope he can, (laughs) he can get at least like 60 yards. I I would love that. Yeah. Uh, And then, and then on the other side, I feel like distribution is pretty good other than he's got to get the ball over to Pickens. I think after seeing how open he gets, he's going to at least try to force him the ball a little bit more. So I'm going to give Pickens at least, I'm going to give him like 75 yards, 75 yeah. yards receiving. Yeah. I don't know who is going to be lined up on Jalen Mills, but since he had such a rough game last week, 
whoever's lined up on him is who's going to eat. That's <laughs> my yeah. is my prediction. Uh, whether it's DJ and DJ already gets open on most cornerbacks or Pickens who can bully a smaller guy. That's who's going to eat. Sure. I'm literally going to I'm going to say like both him and DJ get 75 plus yards each of them. Yeah. Sure. All right. I I do think Pickens pick now he's going to get his first touchdown. Okay. All right. Uh, and then the other guy who's going to get his touchdown is, you know, I'm going to give it to Muth because I think he's going to, he, he's got to get one at some point. I think he, against, you know, new England, it's going to happen. Yeah. He's, he's really solid. Uh, the, the middle of the field for the Patriots is usually a tough spot. I mean, they're, it's not like their middle linebackers jump off the page to me, but they're well coached there. So it is going to be a tougher area. I mean, the free safety McCordy's been in the league for a long time. But you never know. In the middle of the field still could be a spot where they excel and could uh, find some, you know, uh, some positive plays sure. in that spot. Sure. But I definitely agree Def- with you. I think the outside is where they could excel this week. Defense? Uh, we'll go a little bit less on the sack total. I don't think we're going to be getting seven. Uh, I am going to predict four again. I do think we can get to Mac Jones. I do think, like you said, Cam Hayward's going to be a presence. I think Highsmith is going to keep up his level of play. Um, so I definitely think they're going to be splitting some sacks there. Uh, sure. And then maybe one from someone else. But um, that's that's kind of what I'm thinking. I think, uh, you know, final score. We got to make that statement, right? So let's go. Right. We'll do 31-17. Yeah, I like that. I I think I'm going to say defensive three sacks and a pick from somebody. I like it. Three like sacks it. and a pick. And uh, I th- I like your score. I think I'm going to do, because I want the offense to show out. I think I'm going to do the same thing. Maybe 31-20, but still, I like sure. I like the 31 score. Uh, yeah, I so think yeah, it's a very doable. For sure. So, that's what, so those are some things we'll be looking for this week two game against the New England Patriots, the home opener. One team that we used to be afraid of, and now I'm looking forward to a matchup, actually. Uh, before we end the podcast, Chris, and, and go about our ways, let's run through the weekly games again. Like we said, we're going to keep track and, and, and talk about our record at the end of the year, and the loser will have to do something. We haven't decided what. If you would like to DM us and tell us what the, list, the, what the loser should do, please send us some options our way. But let's Rapid fire through them, Chris. Ready to go? Yep. Los Angeles uh, Chargers at Chiefs. 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 Pats at Steelers. 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 Bengals at Cowboys. Bengals. Yeah, unfortunately, Bengals. Commanders at Lions. I'm going to go with Lions. Oh, me too. What yeah. the heck? That's crazy. Yeah. Um, lost my pacing here, wherever I'm at. Panthers at Giants. I'm going to say Giants. Oh, I'm so on the fence on this one. I think I really want to say Giants, too. Man, I'm so on the fence. Uh, I think I want to say Panthers. Okay. Jets at Browns. Unfortunately, Browns. Yeah, it's unfortunate. But I'll be rooting for the Jets, baby. Truth. Colts at Jags. 
Colts. So Jags, I I got faith they're going to be a better team, but I agree with you, Chris. It was week one. Colts tied. They didn't look good. I got to pick Colts until I see a reason to not pick them. So Colts it is. Dolphins at Ravens. Ravens. I don't think Dolphins ever play good against the Ravens. Which is funny you said that because they beat them last year when they were not good. They played really well against Ravens, sacked Lamar a bunch, held them to, held them to no points. I also am going to go Ravens, though, but I'm going to hope the Dolphins can win. Ravens also had nobody on, like, on their team last year. They had like 30 guys on IR. So Correct, but they did have Lamar, and they got sacked a bunch. By also going with the Ravens, I just hope the Dolphins can pull that one out. Is Lamar even good? Um, TBD. Uh, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Buccaneers at Saints. Uh, this is a tough one because I feel like th- my obvious answer, I would say Buccaneers, but also I feel like the Saints always, always somehow defensively go off against the Buccaneers. Uh, so I'm going to stick with the Bucks. No, you are not. Yes, sir. (laughs) I knew you were going to do that. I'm picking the Saints because every year the Saints have Tom Brady's number. They always beat him, especially at home. I'm picking the Saints. Again, I made the mistake last year. I'm not making the mistake again. Up next is Seattle at 49ers. You want to hear my surprise pick here? Oh, God, please don't. Don't do it. Seattle. Oh my god, I'm going 49ers because one week does not sway my opinion and until they start losing more games, I will not pick 49ers, but they're a better team than that. I agree. Falcons and Rams. You ready for this one? Uh, No, you're not. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) Shut up. (laughs) The Rams. Yeah, Rams. Agreed. Uh, Cardinals at Raiders. This one's a little tricky. I I know. I, I had a, uh, trouble with this one, but I did say Cardinals. Wow. I think I'm going to go Raiders because I think <sighs> they're supposed to be a decent team. So I'm going to go with them. They're both 0-1, but like, I don't know. Cardinals got to bounce back, man. Same with the Raiders, especially in that division. Texans yeah, at Broncos. Oh, gosh. Um, I think I'm going to regret this, but I did say Broncos. <laughs> That's not what I thought you were going to say. I'm not going to... I'm going to say Broncos, too. I'm not going to regret it. They did not look good Monday night. But again, another team that they need to lose more games for me to not pick them. Because they should be better than that. And honestly, they shot themselves in the foot a bunch in that game. So I'm going to pick Broncos. I also think think Texans are going to be like a surprise, like, six or seven win team. Oh, for sure. For sure, the way they they play right now. For sure. They set themselves up. Uh, Bears at Packers. Uh, Packers. <laughs> yeah, I don't think Packers. It, I don't think Rodgers loses two weeks in a row to divisional opponents. I I agree, and also I don't think the Packers are going to look that bad two weeks in a row. Titans at Bills. Bills. Yeah, Bills look really good. Titans do not, and I think that is how it is going to play out. And then Vikings at Eagles. This was really tough for me to pick. It was really tough for me to pick too. And I thought about it for a long, long, long time. But I'm going with the Minnesota Vikings. I think I am too. That's Shut wild. Up. <laughs> I think that's wild. I, I was literally like, I'm going to pick the most upset picks. 
this week. Dang, that's wild. And here, okay. and here we are agreeing on like most of them. <laughs> well, thank you again for listening to the Northern Steel podcast. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, TikTok, um, uh, Club Penguin, and Disney365. Uh, I'm your See host, you. Dominic. <laughs> that was perfect ending. I know. I'm your host, Dominic. This is Chris. We'll see you guys next week for hopefully another win. Peace. Disney 365. See ya. <laughs>